Welcome to the Diversity and Fellowship Podcast, where we discuss how the gospel brings us together and keeps us together. We are your hosts, Kenny King. And I'm William Marshall, and we want to encourage Christians to think through how our lives and our churches can be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of Diversity and Fellowship. Today, we are continuing our series, I'm Not a Racist, because after uh, taking a week off, we've been away. Um, different issues uh, between Omicron and all the other stuff going on in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we, we missed a week here and there, but we are trying to get back on track now. And yes. so today, we are continuing our series with I'm not a racist because I'm colorblind. Mm. And so we are actually recording um, after the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. Mm-hmm. And in, in that speech, one really popular um, quote from that speech is that he, he has a dream that his four children will one day live in a nation where they're not judged by the color of their skin, but the content of their character that mm. is a a common um yep. colorblind quote you know we're not being mm-hmm. judged by the color of our skin so so brother william yes it's a nice quote it, it's got the nice it's got the alliteration yes color of the skin content of the character man, look at that man that's i mean i mean you could turn a phrase for real man yeah you could yeah so um what does it mean to be colorblind Besides the normal meaning that it has where you just simply cannot see colors. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Right. That is a meaning, but that's not what we're talking about here. Right. Uh, Yeah. uh, I think, I mean, it's just this kind of the the idea that I'm not going to make a decision based on skin color. Right. So if it's a decision, like I'm not going to hate you because of your skin color or I'm not going to, you know, none of the way that I'm deciding to treat you has anything to do with the color of your skin. Right. Right. So it's just kind of this, this, um, this, this kind of basic, I'm none of the decisions about you. Am I going to make based upon the color of your skin? And it's the idea. I think, uh, those who would be, um, the proponents would say that's, that's how everybody should, everybody should make decisions that way. Yes. Don't make decisions based upon the color of the skin. And again, and kind of goes back to the outworking of, uh, Dr. King's statement, right? Right. Um, I mean, that's probably an oversimplification of it, but still, it's a, it's the outworking of that. Of, it's kind of the, you know, the idea of the civil rights movement of getting to this point where that's actually a, a reality, to where right, skin color is not being used to discriminate or to show favor mm-hmm. um, to a certain group, mm-hmm. and so. I mean, some of the applications that come from that is, right. you know, they tend to be against affirmative action. Right. Uh, the the idea of using skin color um, in regards to hiring decisions or mm-hmm. college admissions dis- decisions or right. whether or not someone gets a scholarship or qualifies for, yep. for grants or those things. And so they say those those things that require us to look at someone's skin color mm-hmm. shouldn't be the the factor that that gets people a job or right. uh, into a school, but it just should be 
their character. That's right. You, you shouldn't get this job because you're a black guy. You shouldn't get this job because you're a white guy. Yes. You should get this job because you are the most qualified candidate. Yes. Right. I mean, that would be the colorblind approach. Right. On that kind of thing. Or, and it's not just a job, right? You shouldn't, you shouldn't get accepted into the school or get a scholarship for the school because you're a certain, uh, you have skin, you're, you're, you know, you're certain skin color. Yeah. You should get it because you made the best on the ACT or you, whatever it is, right? Whatever right. they think is the right qualification there. Skin color should have nothing to do with it. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the idea. So, why do people, Pastor Kenny, why why do people think that this is the right approach to deal with race? Yeah, so I, I may mention to the MLK speech, and that's the sentiment within that quote. And so they, they would take, you know, that sentiment, I mean, which has been everywhere, mm-hmm. I mean, since that speech. And mm-hmm. and then some of the, you know, just the, the civil rights movement being kind of based upon this idea of... I don't want to be mistreated because of my skin color. Right. And so you, you, you take that kind of momentum and you say, okay, well, this is how we should behave. Mm-hmm. Like if, if we behave in this way, things will be better. So we take, we take that portion of the MLK speech and, and other aspects of the civil rights movement and say, here we go. This is the right approach to dealing with racism. What else would you say, brother? Well, I mean, so your Christians are going to come along and then say there's actually biblical. Yeah. Right? We're going to try to find some passages that will support uh, this idea. One of those passages would be Galatians 3.28. Yeah. Do you have that in front of you? Could, could, I do. I right, do have yeah. that in front of me. Read, just read that for us because I think that's... Yeah, Galatians 3.28 says, There's neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Right. So they're going to pick up, particularly on the, there is uh, the, the uh, slave or free, the Greek, you know, those those languages, um, uh, particularly the Jew or uh, Greek, Jew, Gentile. Yeah. Those are going, I mean, those, those are ethnicities. And so they're going to say, in Christ, those ethnicities, right? We don't even need to see those ethnicities, right? We, right. those ethnicities are, I mean, uh, I don't know, eliminated. Yeah, get rid of them. They're nullified, right? They don't. Yes. They don't exist in Christ. And so that's Galatians three twenty eight. Another one that would possibly be brought up could be Colossians three eleven. Yeah. I think you have that one too. Same idea. Yeah. It says here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Right. No Jew, no Gentile, uh, barbarian, Scythian. Right. I mean, you have these kind of different ways that uh, society would be broken up to different groups. And uh, Paul saying those those don't agree, those right those um, here there's uh, those those are not there and yeah. so people are going to apply that in the way of saying that is an elimination of ethnicities right. an elimination of these types of things so I think I think that's another reason why people think that the colorblind approach is a right approach they're going to try to use those passages to support that yeah what else what else would you add to that yeah I would say that it's the Kind of, kind of the personal, the view that if we all do this, then we can eliminate or we can greatly reduce racism. If we all just 
um, hold on to this idea that I'm not going to look at somebody's skin and make a judgment about them or Mm -hmm. decide to treat them differently, whether it's good or bad, based Mm -hmm. upon their skin color, then we can greatly reduce racism. And, 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 you know, on on those lines, people who kind of ascribe to color blindness, they believe that we've kind of figured this thing out. Right. Like we've we've kind of moved forward from the the racist past of slavery and Jim Crow and uh, other forms of slavery. Mm -hmm. We've gotten past that. So now we could just if we all just ascribe to this principle of Mm -hmm. treating people based upon their character, their qualifications and not based upon their skin color, we would all just be fine. Yeah, have, we wouldn't have this problem anymore. Right. We'd, we'd be done. And I mean, even to the point, you know, going back to the practical applications, like just just remove race from applications. Mm-hmm. Like if you're applying for school, just remove race from the application. Applying for right. a job, remove that from the application. All those mm-hmm. things. Medical care, just remove all of that and we would be okay. Right. Yeah. So, so that brings us to the question, what is wrong with this type of thinking? I mean, is this is this the way to approach uh, racial reconciliation, you know, ethnic unity, or are there some problems with taking this approach? So, Kenny, what would you say is perhaps a problem? Yeah, I mean, first dealing with some of the, the justifications for it. So if you look at, like, Dr. King's speech, and you say that he is kind of promoting this this colorblind apo- approach where we don't factor in in race, I think you, you you're taking it out of context right. of his larger um, body of work. So so Dr. King is saying that yeah, his dream, like he, he would love to live in society in which skin color was no longer the the primary uh, reason somebody was treated with favor or mm-hmm. somebody was discriminated against. Mm-hmm. He would love to see that day when his children, like mm-hmm. notice he said his children, mm-hmm. would actually experience that. But at the same time, he absolutely knew that there was work to do in regards to the injustices and the inequalities of the past right? from slavery and M. Jim Crow. Mm-hmm. So if you look at the, the, the totality of his work, He's trying to address the the uh, in, inequities of the past right. so that you can hopefully get to that point where you're you're not having to look at race to to make decisions. Mm. And I think what people do is they they take Dr. King's speech, that that portion of his speech, and they say, and yeah, we just need to do that now. Right. Like, let's just do it now. We don't have to deal with any of the any of the inequalities and justices of the past, all those people are gone. Like, right. There's nothing we can do about that, but we can do that now. And, and what that does is it's just, you're not realizing that we're still dealing with the consequences of right. some of those things. Yeah, so, the idea is we deal with it now and all the consequences are eliminated. Right. But that's not... That's not the case. And it's right. not it's not what Dr. King believed. No, Dr. King didn't believe that at or all. Because, I mean, even, cause you, it wouldn't be just Dr. King. I mean, you could hijack kind of other civil rights people yeah. who were talking about this idea of, you know, being colorblind, being judged based on their character and not the color of their skin. I mean, that kind of thing. Like, and you could just say, yeah, this was what the civil rights movement was about. Yeah. And then completely ignore... <laughs> The fact that they were also trying to recognize. Yes. I mean, I was watching a video j- just today um, 
where it's a really popular uh, Dr. King video, and and they're they're kind of asking him what's the difference between you know those who came over from Africa and just other immigrants to the you know to the to the United States. And he makes the kind of the obvious point. Well, none of the other groups were actually enslaved. Yes, like legally. Right. And then he makes the point. And once once they were once uh, slavery was uh, ended legally, at least in right. this country, right through the Emancipation Proclamation, he says the problem is is you've got you you basically got a freedom to be hungry. Right. Because they didn't have anything. Didn't get the 40 acres and the mule. That's right. They didn't have any wealth. They didn't have any background. They didn't have any education. They didn't have training. And so it's like, oh, now you're free to be hungry. Right. You know, I mean, he actually used that language. I thought, man, that's powerful. Freedom to be hungry. Right. And and the point that he's making is, is that even though the institution of slavery um, or, or slavery was no longer legal in the country, that did not eliminate the consequences of it. Right. And and so the idea that he didn't see that would, would simply be, um, well, it would be, you wouldn't be understanding him correctly, I think. Right. What else, brother, would you say is wrong with the thinking of color? Yeah, blindness? well, I think the big one for Christians, I mean, we mentioned those two passages, the Galatians passage and uh, the passage in Colossians 3, and we, we just have to be careful that we're not taking those passages out of context. Yes. Because I, I think in one sense that's that's what's happening there, right? Um, God creates diversity. Right. Right? I mean, God creates different skin colors, right? I mean, God yes. uh, creates the male and the female. I mean, those are things that Paul lists in that in the Galatians Yeah, those are not passage. the result of the fall, right? Right. Um, and so God creates this beautiful diversity, and, and the, the point that Paul is making in the context of Galatians 3 is not, when we believe in Jesus, that's eliminated. Right. I mean, most most people who are kind of like colorblind and they're fighting kind of this, they would say, yeah, we're no longer males and we're no longer females. Nobody's saying that. Nobody says that. <laughs> right. In fact, they're fighting against those yes. in society who are right. trying to make, because there are those in our you know society who are saying there is... There is no difference between male and female, and we would say no. That God actually created differences there, and and they're beautiful. Those those differences are actually beautiful. They should be celebrated. Yes. Um. And so we many would say that about that passage, and yet and yet they still want to use that passage to try to somehow support colorblindness, which I think is just simple inconsistency. Yeah. You're you're not actually using that passage faithfully, and you're and you're taking it out of its context. The same thing you're doing with Colossians, three. You're not you're yeah. not understanding that. What what Paul is arguing there is that we don't ha- you don't have to be a certain ethnicity to be saved. Right. You don't have to be a, a male or a female to be saved to be in Christ. Every right. everybody can be in Christ. We are that's the language. We are one in Christ. Yes. We're saved in Christ. But that he's not saying, and therefore we're no longer males right. and we're no longer females and we're no longer Gentiles and we're no longer Jews. No, that's not the argument. Right. And, and so I think just understanding that, that those passages faithfully. Yeah, I, I think you know the the identities, right? Mm-hmm. Like what what identity is is most important, right? Being in Christ is most important for us. So we, would, I would definitely say, me being a Christian is more important than me being a a black man, right? And so we definitely don't want to elevate. But what 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 he's calling us to is clearly diversity and fellowship. That's right. You are one in Christ. Like those differences should not keep you apart. Right. Shouldn't divide they you. They shouldn't divide you. But mm-hmm. it does not saying that get rid of those differences in order to unite. That's right. He's saying make sure your identity is more in Christ so that you can re- unite around those facts and celebrate yeah. your differences. 
Yeah. And that's where the beauty's at, right, brother? The beauty's in that, man. It really is. I mean, is. it's not like, okay, Kenny, I want you to come and stop being a black man. No. And then I'll come and I'll stop being a white man. Right. And, you know, or what, like, <laughs> or we would never <laughs> say to, our, you know, brothers and sisters, we want you to come and stop being a male. Right. We want you to come and stop being a female. Nope. Oh, what we say is, is come as a male, come as a female, come as a black man, come as a white man, right? And and be united in Christ. Right. I mean, that is, that's that's the beauty uh, that I think is is being celebrated in those passages. Absolutely, and 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 so I think we don't need to miss that. What else? What else would you say is maybe wrong with this kind of colorblind approach? Yeah, I think people who ascribe to being colorblind saying they're not racist because they're colorblind is that you're you're minimizing racism again, right? Racism is not just based upon your skin color. It's not just looking at somebody's skin and saying, I hate you or I, I favor you. It's It can be about different aspects of a certain ethnicity's culture. Right. Right. You can, <clears throat> you can dislike black people because of their music. Right. Or because of their hair or their names or, or any other uh Mm-hmm. aspect of their culture it doesn't necessarily have to be about um, the color of their skin right right mm-hmm. and so you you can say well it's not about their skin but I, I, I don't like their music or I don't like this or I don't like that mm-hmm. I don't like the way they dress I don't like the way they talk and all that stuff well guess what <laughs> you still fall under the category of being a racist even though it may not be about skin color for you yeah, that's right and so, and and I, and I think again, it it's limited racism to think that okay, this is only personal. That's right. Right. It's an individual decision. Well, mm. I mean, it, it's an institutional problem right. as well. It, it's more pervasive than what um, color blindness would give it credit for. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I just think, I mean, I I know I've probably said this before, but it needs to be said again, right? I, I th- if you're one of our listeners out there, and you're <laughs> Uh, you're of the majority culture. I think that's more challenging for majority culture to affirm. Yes. At, at least that's just been my experience, right? Generally, it's very difficult for the majority culture to see racism as systemic or institutional or anything like that. The focus always is personal. Yes. And I think I think that's just a place where we need to stop and say, whoa, whoa, whoa let me let me reexamine here. Let, let me let me think through what what does a country that has uh, racist tendencies for <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of years. How is that going to seep into systems and institutions and um, law and I mean all these right, kind of different right. things that we could bring up? And I, I think it's important for us to be honest about that and look at that and say, okay, yeah, there's going to be continuing consequences in these different areas, and. Um, and one of the one of the things that we have to do as those who love justice and those who want to fight oppression and fight racism is to try to say, OK, what what does that look like? How, how is that there? How can we um, how can we do what we need to do? And so I I just want to challenge the majority culture there. I, I think that's an important area for us to to look at. Yes. So what's a better approach? Yeah. Pastor so, Kenny, right? So we've kind of said colorblindness may not be the best. Right. What's a better approach? So, you know, one, one thing is that I would challenge people who say they're colorblind so they're not racist is to, if you're going to hold to Dr. King and other civil rights leaders, 
read more <laughs> more yeah. of his works. Yeah, not and read more one, of their words. The speech. Mm. Yeah, don't don't read just the one speech or, or just you know re retweet or repost you know that one line and um, mm. right. yeah, I have a dream speech. But I mean, really, we would challenge you, and we would we would actually offer this as a resource: is that read letter from a Birmingham Birmingham jail. Mm-hmm. I right. read some of his other li- listen to some of his other speeches and and like. Think about some of the reasons he was marching. Like he wasn't just marching because he wanted to exercise. Right. He was actually trying to affect true. change in mm-hmm. systems. Yeah. To to undo some of the consequences of racism. So right. so be more holistic in your approach when when you're trying to don't just co opt. Like like we have a tendency to do this, right? We're gonna co opt certain certain leaders and certain people to to kind of support the way we want to view things and mm. And what we end up doing is kind of minimizing um, kind of their effect and, and, and kind of their impact by doing that. Right. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. What else, brother? What is, what is some yeah. other Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the, the challenge is, you know, for, for all of us, is we, we have to be faithful to the whole whole counsel of God. Yes. So we have to be careful about picking a chapter and a ver- or, you know, picking picking one verse or picking a couple of verses and kind of stringing them together and saying— the Bible supports colorblindness, you know, or whatever. Like we have to be careful in our approach there, and and so I think I think rather than that, we need to say what you know what does the Bible say about hatred? What does the Bible say about uh, treating how we should treat others who are not like us or different ethnicities? Um, because the Bible does speak speak to those issues. Yes, and and the gospel speaks to those issues, right? And right. we need to have a faithful understanding of the gospel. I mean, I think in a, in a right way, to, uh, an important thing to say here is we need to, <laughs> we don't need to apply things inconsistently. <laughs> Amen. Right? If you're going to take the Galatians passage and say, well, there is no there is no such thing as ethnicity, there's no such thing as race, there's no such thing, you know, and it's eliminated, it's eliminated, then then you're going to have to deal with those who are going to come around and say, that's right. So and so is male and female. Yes. And if you're not if you're like, no, 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 you can't. <laughs> You can't use the passage to make one argument and then come and then circle back around and say, "Well, no, I can't say it, right." You right. have to, you have to faithfully, you have to try to try to be be consistent with that. And and we're all guilty of that. I mean, right. we're kind of laughing, but yeah. we're, I mean, we're all guilty of being inconsistent in how we apply the scriptures. And so, I think that's a good, good, just a good place to say, "Hey, let's let's try to let's try to do a better job of of really understanding the whole counsel of God." Amen. Particularly when it comes to the issue of uh, ethnic hatred and. I mean, sins that are that are clearly called out, and I obviously for us uh, understanding what the Bible how the Bible really does hold up the um, the beauty of diversity, which yeah. is kind of you know kind of leads to our last last um, better approach. So, can you right. explain that for us? Yeah. So, you know, the idea of being colorblind has a negative connotation. Like, I can't see color, <laughs> right? Right. Or I don't want to see color, but mm-hmm. God was not. God didn't make a mistake and. In mm. the way he created us, the That's way right. he created all of his creation to be diverse, he what he didn't make a mistake in that, and so we don't want to be blind to the beauty of, of God's diversity. Yep. And, and I think that, and and a lot of the mistakes when it comes to not mistakes but sins when it comes to racism is to is to think that we're different by by the result of the curse or something like mm. the result of the fall or something. So right. you know, I mean, you have. Majority culture, the curse of Ham, mm. it really was the curse of Canaan, but you know they used Ham. <laughs> it, it was a so, misunderstanding right. all the way around, <laughs> right? And so all black people are the result of this curse on Ham, or or every word. But 
there there are black people who are like Adam and Eve were black, obviously, right? Because Africa, right? right. Oldest oldest people yes. are found in mm-hmm. Africa, mm-hmm. And, and like whiteness is a is a curse, is a mutation mm. of that, mm. and it's like no, like God is very intentional about diversity in all aspects of His creation. Yeah, like you you look at you look outside right now, and you probably see so many different versions of birds and flowers. Well, not flowers here because it's winter. But <laughs> That's right. There's <laughs> but not so a lot many, of flowers out there right yeah, now. Yeah, so many different variety of stuff. And, and God is, God has created it that yeah. way. And so we wouldn't, we wouldn't be blind to it in other aspects of his creation. Why That's would right. we be blind to it when it comes to his people made in his image? So right. we rejoice in it. Yeah. We rejoice in his beauty. We, we worship him because of his uh, wisdom and and beauty in his creation mm. not try to tamp it down or yeah. be blind to it yeah the beauty that that Paul is celebrating in those two passages in the Galatians and Colossians passage is that in Christ we all come together yes we're still we still have our differences we still right i mean we still look different we still come from different backgrounds i mean all those kinds of things are true and yet in Christ we we are brought together that there, the beauty is in the diversity of it. Yes, right. Uh, the, the diversity in fellowship is a beautiful thing. I mean, Amen. I think that's that's something that we obviously would uh, would want folks to see, and so that's why color the color blindness can, approach can be a, a bit um, oversimplistic. I think in that. Um, cool. Well, hopefully, hopefully that was helpful uh, as we we talk through that. Let's let's think about a, a crazy question. We were trying to come <laughs> up with a a crazy question for. The colorblind topic. And so he, here's, here's, here's our crazy question for the day. Do you have a story, Pastor Kenny, of being yourself <laughs> colorblind? Like, sadly, man, I have way too much experience with this. Right. Yes. Like, normally yes. I'm pretty good about dressing myself and that's good. Nice when that's good. Nice, but that there, is there's good. some occasions where my wife has to call me out. So uh, mm. one day last year, actually, I was getting ready for church and um, pulled out some pants that I thought were gray. Gray. And I was like, I'm wear this nice gray sweater with it. Yeah. And, I mean, it's going to be tight. Gray on gray. Nice it's going to look gray good. Right now, it seems it's like a hint of it, right? It was okay. just, a, just a little bit a little bit different in, in okay. tone. but Nice. My wife, she she sees you pull this out, and she was like, uh, Kitty, these pants are not gray. They're They're blue and white. Like there was some some thin blue stripes that ran up and down the the pants leg, and I'm like, oh, that looks great to me. <laughs> she was like, no, that is blue or white. Oh no! So I take them closer to the light, and sure enough, these pants are are blue and white, but they look gray to Man. me. So my wife saved so me. So can I can I like go to Yolanda and say, hey, just for the record, next time, could you not give that warning? <laughs> Because I really want my, I mean, I love my brother, right? And I know that's why you warned him of, but it would have right. been, been really funny. Might have been a reflection were. on her. The reason why she called me right, out. That is it. true. Somebody be like, who? Why, why did she let him leave the house or, looking you like know, that? It's leverage. It's leverage. So next time she tells me that something looks a certain way, and mm. and I try to push back, she be like, you remember that time you remember was about to wear those blue and white pants with that gray sweater? Crazy. Yes. Yes. It's yeah. something that I have to listen to her. Oh man. Yeah, I have a similar story. I mean, when I was when I I did not realize this is this story took place probably when I was in maybe eighth grade. I don't know. I don't know. I did not realize that you weren't actually supposed to wear black and navy together. No. I thought that was okay. In fact, no. 
I still question it just a little bit. Because <laughs> no, this outfit that I had on was fire, Kenny. It no, was fire. No. I had some black denim pants. No. Remember when we used to wear pants that were like <laughs> yes. different colors, right? Yes. So I had some black denim pants, and I had like a dark navy I don't know, pullover, hoodie, yeah. something. But it was looking sharp. My head is hurting thinking yeah. about and this. And so I went to, I think it was like an event, like at church or something like that. And I was like, man, I'm going to look nice. I got my nice <laughs> pants. And I have a cousin, uh, Kara, who's my age. And she <laughs> gently and nicely came up to me. Like, I mean, almost like as soon as I got there. Like, right. Like, I'm like, yeah, I'm looking good. And I'm feeling good about myself, right? right? I'm like, yes. I'm looking good, you know? Yes. Which is probably all the wrong things to be doing, like, yes. at a church event. But um, but she comes up to me and just kind of gently says, you do realize that navy and black don't go together. <laughs> and that was the first time that I'd ever been told that. That right. was it. That was that was don't it. So. Then the whole rest of the night, I was like, oh, self-conscious, right? right. I look terrible. It's awful. This guy's way of humbling you. <laughs> but that's right. That was, right? The Lord was like, oh, you think you look good, right? You think you come here to whatever you're trying to do. Why don't right. you come and listen to the word and stop yes. trying to uh, yes. talk to girls at church? So anyway, yeah, I was I was colorblind and didn't even know it. I Man. was I was. I was. See, I needed black and, black and navy blue are hard for me. Like sometimes I think see the difference. Navy blue is black, and oh man, yeah, black is navy blue, and then you get in the sun and you're like, oh man, this is horrible. I know, man. You pull out socks, <laughs> right? And you're like, oh, that's some. I got some black socks, and I put right. them on with my black suit, and then I get out and I realize, nope, those no. some blue socks. <laughs> right. And do those it. do not look are you, good. Are you going out with one black or one navy blue? Oh, no. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good grief. All right. Well, uh, thanks so much for uh, listening this week. We will continue the series, I'm Not a Racist Because, and uh, we'll, we'll get back to that next week. But uh, we look forward to that, and we'll talk to you later. God bless you. Thanks so much for listening to the Diversity and Fellowship Podcast. If you want to join the discussion, please send us your questions and your comments to diversityandfellowship at gmail.com. That's diversityandfellowship at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, keep laboring by God's grace to be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ.